Yo, welcome back to the Manology Project Podcast. I am your host, Quentin. Uh, you know, guys, we're in our season two. This season, we're talking about faith and friends. We're talking about the impacts, the ups, the downs. You know, do we need to get rid of these friends? Do we need to keep these friends? You know, uh, what type of faith do you have? Are you, do you believe in Jesus or are you just throwing faith around as a cliche word? So, uh, but we want to really dive in and be able to really break down faith and friends and how they actually impact our life. So now we know this is like the end of Breast Cancer Month, Awareness Month. Um, and I thought it was only the right thing to do was, uh, and I know this podcast is really basically around men, uh, but I thought it was uh, really important to actually have an opportunity to have someone to be able to come on and share their experience uh, because we want to provide some type of encouragement and some type of hope to those ladies who are surviving right in the fight today. And then also for those who actually support and are riding right alongside of uh, uh, those patients. Uh, and this is also connected to anyone who may have some type of affliction in their bodies. We really want to just provide some type of encouragement or hope from that. So what I did was I went all the way out, right? All the way to Texas. And I grabbed one of my awesome cousins who kicked cancer's butt, okay? And I hope everybody sees it. So right now, I done already told you she kicked cancer's butt. And I want y'all to start sharing this because this needs to go to anyone who is either struggling with it, <laughs> have already survived and wants to have more encouragement, or somebody who's actually a caregiver, someone who's walking alongside a support system, okay? But this is Jolinda Collins, her mom and my mom, sisters. And so I'm going to let her introduce the rest of her life to you guys. Uh, so go ahead, Joe. Uh, just give the people just a little bit of background about who you are, why you in Texas, <laughs> why you're not in Michigan. <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead. Give us a little background. <laughs> and he knows I love to laugh, so hopefully I can control my laughter. <laughs> Anyway, my name is Jolinda Collins. Um, of course, like Quentin said, I am uh, his mother's name, Undebbie. My precious, precious Undebbie. I am her niece, my cousins. I love all my family in, uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the reason why we ended up in Texas is because my father's job at the time working for American Airlines transferred him here. And that is why we are no longer in Michigan, but our love and our roots is still strong in Michigan because of our, our family. Uh, a little bit about me. I am a eight year cancer survivor. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes, I was diagnosed with breast cancer five years after my mother passed away with the same disease. And it was very, and I know we'll probably get into that later. So it was very daunting. But um, I'm just glad I'm still here and I'm, I'm happy to share my story and uh, just share what I went through and hopefully it'll help, help some people out there. Listen, I'm quite sure that this story will definitely help uh, people out. I've heard the story and um, I was very impressed that 
uh, with something as crazy as cancer, period, right? It's like when normally, um, just with my experience from people I know, uh, normally it's like a really big uppercut, big old punch. Uh, it takes a lot of time to actually get out of it. It, 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 tear, it like literally takes you down this rabbit hole. Uh, and like I said, just from experience, from just listening to other people. Uh, but, but your story was a little different. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you didn't actually get a punch because I think any type of news like that would actually give us a sucker punch. But I like the story because you really changed the narrative of this punch that hit you and you punched it back. And so, um, so we're going to start the show basically talking about the faith part of this journey. So uh, like I was talking about earlier, like, so I looked on your website and the website is beautiful. Uh, but on there, you have something that said cancer, my perfect storm. So when I heard that, I thought, okay, explain, because I'm sure everybody else will be thinking perfect storm. No way. There's no way we call that a perfect storm. There is no growth out of this. There's nothing that can come good out of here. Right. <laughs> but what we want to do is we really want to um, really just kind of focus on, you know, providing that type of uh, healing information. So I want to start with faith and then we're going to move over to friends. So what part of your faith allowed you to call this my perfect storm? Because of the change that took place, mainly really internally, as a result of going through cancer. I've, I've told people the real fight was after cancer because cancer, the physical part of it, was really, really the catalyst mm -hmm. that helped me and shaped or allowed God to really heal the real cancer, which was a lot of hurt that I was carrying, disappointment, mm -hmm. and things of that sort. So it was, it was, there's a scripture that says first natural, then spiritual. Right. And even though I went through the physical aspects of cancer, the real cancer was all that gunk that right. we need to let go of. That is what really, I truly believe God was truly after. So I could really be who he wanted me to be. And that is why I call it my perfect storm, because after going through something like that, it really matured me, right. which I think is one of the meanings of, of perfect. So it's nothing, doesn't mean flawless and you know you didn't do any wrong. Right. It, if you go deeper, right. it, it has to do with complete. Right. So this was a complete work that God used to change Jolinda and to change my mindset and heal my emotions. Because going through cancer, it involves your whole entire being, spiritual, mentally, uh, behaviorally, uh, emotionally. It's your whole entire being that goes through cancer. So it's just not the, the physical part. So we, we both love the Lord, okay? The, the Lord. Yeah. The, the Lord. Lord. The Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and um, here's the thing, and I bring that up because basically, so when you're a Christian, you know, you're thinking, man, my life is supposed to be like butter, right? It's like nothing's supposed to touch oh, me, no yeah. infirmities, you know, even though the yeah. Bible says, all, you know, this stuff will happen, but we don't, you know, we don't really read the Bible like we're supposed to. Right. 
So we miss all of that information about that. You know, life will actually continue to carry on. Um, but I do like that when you do read the word of God and then you really talk about some different stories in there. And it's one when Jesus um, uh, met the young man who was, um, who was blind. And everyone thought that he was blind because of something. And Jesus had to remind them that he was only blind so that the hit, so that God would would be actually elevated, so that God would get praise and glory from it. So his parents didn't do nothing, his mama didn't do nothing, nobody did anything. And I brought that up because basically I want people to understand that if you're hit, if you're hit with infirmities, or if your body takes a beating, uh, or car accidents, all of this type of stuff, that we do not blame God as a way to cushion it, to have somewhere to, to, to throw anger at. We don't throw anger at God because God says that, yo, even if something happens to you, that I always got a way of escape. Like I've always got a plan. And, um, and basically your life is a planned A. So there's no plan A, B. God doesn't have A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So your life is a plan A. And whatever happens in your life, in the plan A, he always has something out. And I went, I'm going into that because um, basically you've, you've taken something that hit you so hard and then you now are starting to try to really create something different out of the noise. So my thing is, is that what do you tell somebody if you had five things that you could tell somebody who's in it, mm-hmm. like right now they're in it, they're in the hospital, somebody got their phone, they're letting them listen to us, what would you tell them? five things that you would tell them be real with yourself mm-hmm. um, accept the reality that you have it um, be intentional about the journey stay engaged don't just you know let the doctors do their thing which they do right. but you you play a part in that so be intentional One of the things I like to say is win daily. There are little things that you can do that will empower you. Right. um, That will help you to keep moving forward. And actually the the, the last one I'm gonna say, which should have been the first is, (laughs) (laughs) is because I would not have made it through that if I didn't have faith in God. There's no way. There's no way I would have. Yeah. I would not have. And that's why I, I that's why I wanted to hear is uh is that I knew four of them would be impactful uh right. to provide encouragement. Um but I knew that one of them would definitely be centered around uh having a very intense relationship with Christ. Um and this is the thing, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I'm telling you right now is that you're not getting a relationship with Christ because of just being healed. And, and I'm saying that because sometimes we get tunnel vision on thinking I'm going to get saved because this. And, and a relationship with Christ is not conditional. Right. And God is very smart about right. you don't get saved because I'm going to do something for you. I've already done right. something for you. I sent my son. He died on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't do anything else for you, then you're pretty much winning. So, uh, But I'm saying it because Basically, and I want to talk to this about, is that what 
having that faith in Christ and then the peace. I want you to talk about mm-hmm. having the peace. So I know it started off very loud. So you have all this noise. But how did your faith in Christ and when did you start hearing that peace? Like what was it? First month, second month, a year in or whatever. But when did God's peace start to come in and comfort you to where it was like, okay, I feel like I feel like I can actually make it through this process. Yes. So uh, I was diagnosed in October of 2012. And upon the initial diagnosis, where there's a few things that happen before you're diagnosed. You have to, of course, get a mammogram, then there's the biopsy and and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, right after the biopsy, and because I didn't even, because I didn't have previous history of a mammogram, by the way, this was my first mammogram and I did not have a lump. Usually most women, they have a lump and then they, you know, start the, you know, going down that road with doctors and all that stuff. I didn't have a lump. I just went to get checked. That was it. And then my life changed. Um, but the biopsy, when they called me after that mammogram, because they, and this is a little funny, because they called me too quick, I already started to panic. <laughs> you said, you said you I'm being real. Oh my God. Phone with sweat coming. <laughs> <laughs> but they had already told me that they were going to call me because I didn't have previous history right. of a mammogram. This is my first one. So I'm already panicking. They called because I felt they called me too quick. They, no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you said you was looking for next Wednesday. Not- <laughs> yeah, 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 they called me too quick. So went back in. They did the the mammogram. Um, then I had to you know go to the doctor to get get it signed off for mm. the biopsy. <clears throat> and I was shaking like a leaf, trying to be strong, the strong Christian. I know. You know, not trying to show fear, even though no one was in the room, they couldn't they couldn't do it. I was in the room by myself. Right. And I end up calling your mother. Till this day, I have no idea what we talked about. The only thing that uh, I, I promise you, I don't. The only thing that comes to mind, and I actually had that written on the website. She went and got, she said, Jalen, let me read the scripture. And she said, and this is my challenge to myself to tell my story without crying because I get moved by my own story. And I did not bring no tissue because I feel like that's about to come. <laughs> you said anyway, you oh yeah, 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 yeah. Every time, it gets me every time. So God is, is so awesome, so awesome. Right. Anyway, the scripture she gave me, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace I give to you. Quentin, Instantly, all of that fear, trembling, anxiety, it just, it just ceased. And it seemed like my spirit, my soul, all of that mind just calmed all the way down. But that was just the first part. Mm-hmm. I still had to walk through it because I hadn't received the diagnosis yet. Right. So I am in God's face because that's what... You know, that's, that's how, part that's of how we was right. That's, that's, yeah. that's how we was taught. That's our legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something hits you, you got to get up in God's face quick. <laughs> All the way. Yes, I'm I'm prostrate on the floor. Right. <laughs> and the Lord gave me some revelation early 
poem before the, uh, even before I met the oncologist, before breast surgery, before chemo, before radiation. Okay. I believe the Lord wanted to shape my mind early right. so I could come to a resolve, be at peace already. And no matter what happened after that, it was okay. Yeah. One of the things I will share, one of the revelations is the Lord told me to stay in the right atmosphere to maintain the right condition of your mind. Yeah. He gave me that revelation the day before I got the doctor's call and they told me I had breast cancer. Oh. When they told me that, the Lord brought that right back to my mind because I was about to go. Right. And I was I was about to lose it. And he said, I, Almost like he just arrested me. Like, no, 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 no. Right. Calm down. And so I, when I asked for further explanation, because I'm that I'm an overthinker, just okay, explain that to me. He said, if you stay in the atmosphere of fear, right, I can't work. Nope. But if you stay in my presence, right, that's where I can work. Yeah. And that is when peace just began to overshadow me but I had to go into his presence it wasn't just this one-time thing right. and I had it right. it was a continuous you know going in uh, going into his presence yeah and I owe it all to him because he's the one that told me how to walk through cancer my mother did some things too and I, maybe I could share that later but that's uh that that's where that peace came from yeah, and what I do like if you, what God told you, which is the, one of the most key and crucial part, <clears throat> is it's not about us actually being afraid. Yeah. But we actually build and set up camp in fear. Right. And you're right. Well, he's right. He's right. And he <laughs> can opt. And the thing is that we, we think that, oh, God's most powerful. He should just be able to take away. Well, his word tells us that we are to get rid of it. Like we are right. to set our minds on things. Like, so right. we do play this part in walking out this faith. Yes. And so, you know, yes, God could just do all Miraculously. That. Right. He could. Right. But the thing is that why would he do that when he gave you choice? That's right. So your choice, you, you choose to serve him. You choose to actually walk through the scriptures. You choose to take those scriptures and then actually activate them in your life. When you're doing that, then God is actually able to actually do what he, yeah. what he needs to do. And it's not based that he can't do it without right. us. It's just right. that he wants you to want and love on him. He wants right. you to want him. Uh, so I do like that. I like that whole in fear space, get out of there, stay in a positive uh, place, which is his presence. And that's awesome. Which just takes us right in. You got something? Yes. Let me add this too. The other thing he told me, he taught me, this was another thing to how to, he said, I, cause I just asked him, I'm, I'm just a, you know, I'm just going to ask questions point blank. Um, I asked him, since you're not taking this away from me, evidently, right. Right. <laughs> cause you can heal me with your pinky nail. <laughs> right. in two seconds <laughs> right since you're not gonna remove this from me um what do you want to teach me right and i and you have to humble yourself and not allow whatever you're going through to be so overwhelming that 
you can't ask that question because I believe anything, anytime we're going through anything traumatic or whatever, God wants to teach us. Right. And I asked him, what do you want to teach me? And he said, I want to teach you how to rest in me. And I said, okay, explain. And he said, just like you sit in a chair or lie in a bed, he said, you put the full weight of your body on those items. He said, you can't carry right. the full weight of cancer right. because you're not strong enough. It will kill you. Right. Now, if God says something's going to kill you, you're just not going to do it, right? It's real, it's real simple. <laughs> You ain't gonna do it. Right. No problem. Right. No problem. And 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 I just threw myself on the shoulders of Christ and allowed him to carry me. And it was the peace that they, you know, we grew up in church. So the peace that you hear the preachers referring to, you know, you, you don't really see people walking in that level of peace. Right. And I can tell you. I actually experienced that level of peace. I did not worry about anything. And to add to the story, I didn't have insurance when I was diagnosed. And I'm self-employed. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a whole nother layer. That's a, that's a whole nother hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna just throw that out there. Just to just to create that I, it, it wasn't just this right. pre- picture right. you know right. it, it was I, I wasn't rich you know right. I'm self-employed right. so if I don't work there's no money right I didn't have insurance and I was like okay and I did not worry about a thing I, I, I did I can't even put it in the word but I did not worry about a thing and as a result of that right I did not really have a lot of side effects when I had chemo I didn't, I gained weight. <laughs> most Which people, is, I was going to say the opposite. Yeah, most people it. lose weight because, you know, the taste buds change. And mine's did, but I mean, logically, if you don't eat a healthy person, if you don't eat, you're going to die eventually. Right. right so right, you have a diagnosis, you might want to eat. Right. Um, and, and all bills were paid. I, we did not, I, it still blows my mind. We didn't have to borrow money from anybody. And when I tell you God provided, I didn't pay, I didn't pay a dime when I went through campus, not one medical bill. It was all paid for. Because I didn't have insurance, because I was diagnosed with cancer, I had the, I received the top insurance in the country. Okay. They paid for everything. Oh, well, look at God here. <laughs> what? Because that's a weight in and of itself. The finance. The finance. That will, that's, yeah. that's, that, 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 that's, that's heavy. Because you're dealing with, you know, you got to pay this, pay this, and all these bills constantly. I mean, because every time they walk in the room, you're paying for it. Right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pay. God paid for the whole journey. Yeah. That alone blows blows my mind but that was because i totally trusted him i totally put i i I say it jokingly i i I jumped on his back that's how much you know i put it all the cares on that's what i did yeah in my house i just use always use a term with my my wife and my kids and i always tell them that 
the type of salvation that you have to live. So that the, the Christ life you have to have is called Bidoc faith, right? Okay. So if we lose all of this and all four of us are living <clears throat> under a Bidoc, we're still going to serve God. Mm-hmm. And we're serving God basically because we don't care about stuff. Stuff is not going to get you to heaven. Right. That, that's not going to, like, you can have all this stuff and, you, and you, you're not going to make it to heaven. But serving God and being faithful to him will. Like, that'll right. get you to heaven. So the thing is, is that I think that uh, also with that, and I wasn't even going to go this way, but you kind of added this flavor uh, to it. <laughs> uh, because you just talked about that trust piece. And yeah. um, trust is like, it's like the glue. Right, it's like the glue to peace. When you trust, you have fully peace. Huh? Fully trust. When you fully trust, fully, you can put a blindfold on and jump off a building, and you know you're going to be caught. Like that type of trust, but that type of trust is also warranted by faithfulness on the other person's side. So God's faithfulness should. Because he's so faithful, and we say this at every testimony. You know, we say these things. These are now they're just words we say. But the thing is, this literally God is so faithful on His end. Yes, and I think we experience these mother loads of abundance from God because we only fully trust in spurts. <laughs> like, yeah, really, literally. <laughs> It's not a really, and I mean, I'm just being really honest. It's not a every single day you are in full throttle of trusting God. I got you. Because basically your life would be different. Mm-hmm. Like your life would literally be like Job, where he just lost everything. And then when it all came back to him, he had it almost three or four times more than what he had when he lost it all. So my thing is that, but Job, even in his wavering everything, his focus on staying straight towards God, his eyes on God was unmovable. And so my right. thing is that when I look, when I listen to your story and I see all the stuff that God gave you, this is like a moment that you literally just said, if, if I don't trust in him, I'm not going to make it. I didn't have anything to lose. You didn't have anything to lose. And I think that sometimes when I, when, and that's why I wanted to use that story about the man being blind. Like sometimes God puts you in a position where you won't even see the back door because I am the back door. Like, there is no back door because I am the back door. I am the sliding door. I am the extra door. I am it. <laughs> I am the door. Like you're looking all around and you know how we do, right? We're trying to figure it out. And I, normally, like when you get in them positions, like you're searching for money. How am I going to work? How can I do this? How? But when you actually throw everything on there and just say, you know what? With something like this, it's either I do or I don't. Right. And with that, God is like, oh, so you do hear me. So now I got this mother load I'm about to hit you with. Like, I'm about to hit you with this mother load of awesomeness that you're not even ready for. And you're going to get this all while still completing the process of breast cancer. See, people, we thinking, heal my body right now, God, because that's what we do. And then when God don't do it on, you know, at four o'clock, then right. we, go, we go right into shaming God or blaspheming him or just saying all kind of kooky stuff. And God was like, yo, dude. I can work all kind of great things, even in your worst process. So you can have the worst stuff going on in your life and it can last seven years. And I can still do what I did for the children of Israel when they walked around for 40 days and 40 nights, the worst scenario. And I can still bless you every day in it. 
the key thing is, are you mature enough to see what God is doing when you're going through the hardest time in your life? Right. And this is not a message. I am not preaching. I told you I am not going to be. <laughs> I am not even going to pull my Bible out because if I do, I'm going to have to put sermon notes in a footer and a header. <laughs> but no, this is really, like, really good because a lot, I think that this is encouragement. I, and I thought this was going to be just encouraging for people who were, you know, uh, with afflictions. I mean, this is encouraging for just people who got regular madness in their life and that you can, you can see that God can actually do something for you when. Because, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go oh. ahead. Go ahead. Because I would not be able to connect to the people that I'm connecting to. Right. God had healed me miraculously. Yes. There's, yes. there's no. It, because I who, tried to input it. The I have the, and now that I didn't have compassion. Right. My mother had cancer. Right. I have more compassion because I lived it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have the, you know. I understand what they're going through, what they're thinking about. Yeah, I, I can. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I, I understand everything about what they're going through. Yeah, and I but think if, that's if that's God a good thing. A, yeah, if he had a miraculously healed me and yeah. didn't allow me to go through it, there's no way I would be able to touch the people that I'm. There's, there's, there's no way. Right, because people don't like you, and they don't really want to hear that you didn't suffer. Like, like you have an answer, but you don't have, you ain't, you don't have no suffering to go with your answer. And, uh, and that's why I think it's very important, important. Uh, and this is why I thought it was very important to bring somebody who can speak with passion about it. Could I talk about it? Yes. Could I go read a book and tell you? Yes. Does it really hit you? Not if I don't tell you I didn't go through it. Then you think, dude, so you just gave me a bunch of book information. I could have did that myself. So I like to surround my people, myself with people who have been introduced to different things in their life that I haven't. And, right. and I always told, you know, and I like to share my story about what I had going on because they may have not had that. So I do appreciate you coming on and, um, and, uh, and just really juicing us up. Like I'm juiced up. Like <laughs> I'm pumped up. Now, listen, so now we got in the faith. We love God, right? So now we're creating this space. So the space mm -hmm. is twofold, okay? So, and this is for church folks, right? Because we like to stay religious all the time. <laughs> You're not religious all the time, okay? <laughs> you can be, what does that mean? There's a guy on the radio that said, you can be secular for two minutes. <laughs> listen, <laughs> secular for two minutes. Now listen, here's your two minutes. Because <laughs> we're about to invite this second piece of, of this conversation, which is those friends. Yes. Friends play two parts because friends provide encouragement, love, support, you know, holding you up when you're down, blah, 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 blah. Then friends Some of them. can be kind of a drag and actually make the experience even worse, right? Because <laughs> it's like they don't have no compassion. They, you know, they want you to hurry up and get over it. It's like, you know, somebody else didn't already had cancer. So don't, you're not the only one. It's like, where are, where, who are you? <laughs> like we've been friends for 20 years and not, I, I don't even know who you are. Uh, and I don't know why you're acting like this, but my thing is that 
speak to us about those two sectors. So I know God put you in a spiritual place to where stay in my presence so that you can stay out of fear. But then talk to us about those friends that help naturally. So the spiritual part of Jolinda is on point. But naturally, you're still going through chemo. You're still battling with all the taste buds, the eating, the the dieting, making sure everything. Now, what did those friends do for my cousin? (laughs) Well, it was interesting because, and I think that was another thing I I was learning. I learned a lot of lessons through this. Um, To keep me in this positive headspace. Mm -hmm. One of the lessons I learned is just like whoever did whatever, let's say person, let's say Sally. Sally's my friend, been my friend for a long time. Mm -hmm. So she wants to do what she can to support me. Well, she, and I actually had one lady do this. She wanted to buy me fruit because she knew I liked fruit. I said, cool. Well, just because she did that, I couldn't project or expect that she was going to do that all the time. Right. Because if I had to set that expectation on her, it would have disappointed me. And I didn't need that going through cancer. It would have disappointed me uh, that she wasn't there when I felt that I needed her to provide proof or whatever. So what I did, I just decided just whatever people wanted to do and however they wanted to do for reason, I allowed them to do that for the moment. Yeah. And I didn't impose anything else. I didn't add no other expectation because really sometimes they just did it the one time. But <laughs> <laughs> I was grateful right. that in that moment right. they did that for me. Right. And I had to keep myself there. I couldn't even expect the ones that were my friends forever to do anything for me. I just didn't, I just didn't want to set myself up for disappointment. Whatever people wanted to do, I did. And I believe because I stayed in that positive headspace, the Lord on other people outside my friendship to bless me. I had people paying my rent at the salon, because I, I was a hairstylist at, at, at the time, will still do. Uh, they paid my rent, bought me groceries. It was people that I didn't expect. Yeah. But if I had limited myself yeah. to this group of friends, right. he would have never, I would have never seen the blessing that he could have blessed me with. Right. And I'm so, glad that I learned that lesson quick. I, I just... Yeah. I kept myself free and light that I was trying to do that as, as much as possible. I, when you so. told me that, I thought that that was like mind blowing because the first thing we do normally <laughs> as human beings, right? <laughs> is the, we go right after people who we feel that should be doing A, B, and C. Now this yes. is the motto I live by. This is my motto. Now, y'all don't have to take this. This is me. I don't owe you nothing. You don't owe me nothing. Like, we have to build a relationship that makes me want to do it. 
So from an owing standpoint, we don't we don't owe each other anything. But that's exactly. why God said that you have to love thy neighbor as thyself is because naturally we don't owe each other anything. And I don't care how long we've been friends. I don't have to do anything for you. But God's word presses on us to be selfless. Like mm-hmm. you have to learn how to be selfless. And the thing is this, sometimes the selfless people are not in your immediate circle. That's true. That's, I've learned that. Like I've learned that the people who are in the media circle sometimes are the biggest headaches. Okay. You, literally, like the biggest headaches. And you're like, they're trying to tell you, you know, because spiritual people, you know, the religious folk, they, you know, you ain't praying enough. I bet you, you ain't. It's like, when you get off my back, like, <laughs> there's, th- listen, the Bible don't give you a documented scheduling for how many times you got to pray every second of the hour on the nose and spin it here, read your word, go in fast. It, there is no, the Bible say you should pray as often as you can. You should be praying every day. So that means that I can pray while I'm driving, sleeping, walking, whatever I'm doing, I can do that. So my thing is when we're looking at this circle of friends that's close to us, sometimes they don't even know how to handle the situation themselves. And so, you know, and, and so it gets becomes into a, a big pickle. Thank God that God can actually move on people who are selfless. Cause that's what I look at. If somebody paid your rent and paid the shop and did all that stuff, there are people out there that are literally selfless and God has blessed them and gave them instructions mm-hmm. to do. Yep. This is the best part about the faith part is that <laughs> when you, God has always got people in place to do. And if that person say, I don't feel like doing it, God doesn't sit there and beat on them. He says, listen, I got a thousand of y'all lined up. And if you choose to not love thy neighbor, then I move on to someone else. And then I get the person who's going to love thy neighbor as thyself. And so I really thank God that he was actually able. I didn't even know this whole part right here about God, uh, not only um, uh, walking you through the survival, but then actually blessing you in abundance, um, you know, to make sure that you're well kept. And we often talked about this, the, the journey of where you were going to be headed anyway, because it was not the same as everybody else's story. Like the story is just not the same. Uh, and I really don't know if anybody's cancer, leukemia, whatever story is the exact same. I think we could probably find a million people who God has done some miraculous things for and provide encouragement and hope. Um, so I do like where we're headed here with these friends. So now these are, um, so from a support, um, uh, because uh, I already told you guys, like, this is my cousin. So, uh, but I know that um, your sister was a huge support. Yes. Okay. Well, before we even go in there, because I always like to do this, right? So what I want you to do right now, I want you to give those friends that are around their friends who are going through this, give them five things that they need to know. What's up with the five? It's always five. Is that the number it, of great? I don't listen. I like five. I like a good firm five. It's five. <laughs> you know, some people say three, but three is not enough. You need five things. <laughs> You know, but I mean, but and and because basically we don't know. That's true. So see, I I mean, I get I cut it down to five, but it literally could be it could be a hundred, because if 
if if say if my wife had to go through something like that, I don't know what she should expect out of me. So when I think of that, if I'm a if my friend is going through this, and I don't know what to do, so I'm just doing. I'm just doing whatever, and I'm hitting, I'm, and I'm missing it, right? Because I'm doing stuff that I don't know, so I'm just missing these markers. Our relationship is on the on the flip flop because I'm missing it. So that's right. why I give them five things that, from the survivor, mentality. You know, what are they at? What are they really wanting from us for, as support as friends? It's really simple, just to be there. Oh, so it's just one. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's probably the the first. That's the top three. three. Okay, okay, that's the top three. Be there, be there, be there. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually was talking to my sister about this, uh, and she added, and I'm. A, this is from her that the survivor, it's important that the, I'm sorry, that the patient and the caregiver is on the same page. Oh, that's good. And I'll explain that. I'll explain that. If my attitude wasn't where it was, it would have put more of a burden on her to try to get me motivated to fight. Yeah. And to kind of go back to the friend piece of my support system, because my attitude, I, t- I took charge of my own attitude. I didn't depend on anyone to motivate me to get me to fight. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It took pressure off of my support system. Okay. They didn't feel that they had to prod me. Come on, Julian, to fight. They, they didn't have to do that. Okay. In fact, at times I was encouraging them while I was going. <laughs> was going <through. laughs> they were sad. <laughs> You know, you're the one, you know, I, I had lost my hair at that point. Like, you're the one going through cancer. You encouraging me. <laughs> I was just picture. And right. I was so there mentally right. that it took the pressure off of them. They didn't have to, they didn't have to, you know, motivate me and to fight. I, it was already innate. Um, and the other thing was, it slipped my mind. Uh, Can't think of it. Anyway, be there, be there, be there. <laughs> the, the the patient and the the caregiver to be on the same page. And oh, it just came back to me. She maintained a positive atmosphere. So my sister didn't come in with this doom and gloom because that's a whole nother layer of what yeah. you are dealing with mentally. Right. Um she did not let anybody negative come around, but I was on that on that page as well, um, which is why I didn't, when I first was diagnosed, I didn't tell a lot of people because I had to come to a resolve yeah. first. Right. And be solid with me and because this was a God and Jolinda journey. Right. Nobody else could help me. Right. And then of course the doctors were included, but it was really a God and Jolinda journey. Yeah. And I was determined not to be, I did not hang around negative people. So I was very, very, very strategic who I told about my diagnosis. Yeah. Once I got a resolve, 
then I didn't, it didn't matter who, who I spoke with. If they came with a negative story, you know, the doctor gave a bad report. I mean, literally it just rolled off because my mind was like, oh, okay, this, this is all part of the process. Yeah. Like my pastor say, trust mm. the process. Yeah. And that's what I did. Man, you keep spinning in a circle. You got me uh, hanging around. <laughs> I had I had all my stuff. I had my I had my stuff in a straight line, and now we <laughs> it's another it's another pivot <laughs> because I like I, because I um I like the resolve. I I think that that is that was probably that was like that's outstanding. Um, because basically you do have to have um <laughs> yes, that is who that is. My I, sister. I know. I know, and, and she's being so nice. <laughs> thank God, thank God, we're family. You know, <laughs> I yeah, I see you, Shay. <laughs> but uh, but I but I like that. I like the resolve. I like um, I like lowering the expectation of others, uh, to not to put the heavies on them that actually have to perform, um, at a high level, which uh, allows them to be able to grieve a little bit about the situation, but yes, still to be able to be there for you uh, because basically you're not pulling on them. Uh, I, I love that. I think that a lot of people should follow that rule of thumb. And it's really hard. I know when we're going through stuff, uh, but getting resolved and really checking with yourself, that was like paramount. Uh, you, I mean, you, you got to be pretty, you got to be really sound minded to be able to think that way through such but a heavy. You have to know, like I said before, that was before surgery, before I met the oncologist, before yeah. the chemo, I had to get my mind ready at the beginning. Yeah. A lot of people try to do it in the midst of. Yeah. Like as soon as they get the diagnosis, they lose it. And rightfully so. So I'm not yeah. bashing anyone. Right. You want to have those out of, you know, those, those emotions flying all over the place. I, right. I right. But at some point, right. you have to quiet yourself. Yeah. And you have to decide yeah. what you're going to do. But I'm going to tell you what my sister did when I told her that I had, uh, that I was diagnosed. And she, she point blank asked me, questions are not a bad thing. Right. And I'm talking to the caregiver. If depending on the, the, the type of relationship you have with the, with the yeah. patient. My sister asked me, so what are you going to do? She put it back to me. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to fight. And then she was, okay, let's do it. So I, I tried to keep it light for a lot of people, but my sister wanted to know where I was mentally because that was going to help her decide, like, okay, do I have to carry her for real? Because <laughs> you know Shay. I know. You know right? Shay. Shay is like, you're not going to kill me. Right. You're not. Right. right. So I'm going to push you as much as I can. Right. And if you're going to go home to be with the Lord, then I'm going to let you. You're not gonna right. take me right, right. I think that that is uh, also another paramount piece that um, from a support, uh, like I'm a huge protector mm -hmm. of my 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 family, um, and so 
uh, and I remember Melissa having some some things going on, and so she was literally like bedridden. I mean, it was like it got pretty bad, so we had to kind of go a, a few months with uh, with her down. I mean, gotcha. like out of commission. Uh, so I really relate with that protection piece, uh, and then understanding because that's literally what I just did. Um, of course, my mom is like, okay, listen, I need to put my mom number on here because. Which I don't know is that my mom is a faithful <laughs> prayer warrior. <laughs> and my Your mom, and my oh my listen, god, they they will get the Lord moving and shaking uh, because they literally have no fear of going to God for the hard stuff. Um, and so my mom is like normally my first call to, so I'm, I'm calling her. She's setting me up and prepping me right because. I'm trying to, you know, as a husband, you like, what? And so I call my mom, she prepped me up, and then I go into fight mode. Uh, but the protection was so key uh, because so many people want to provide something, right? Can we come over? Let me do this. And it's like, it's not that I don't want your help. It's just that I don't know what you're bringing right. when you come here when we're standing. That's right. So, and, and just because you tell me you're saved don't mean that you can't bring foolishness. So I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest and I'm not saying that people are, and this is not that you're a sinner. It's just that your life could be in turmoil today and you're trying to be a helper and then you dropping stuff off over here exactly. and we need God to make a move. Like we need, we're needing God to actually make a move and I don't need you dropping more foolishness at my house. So exactly. I think that I think that that protection, I love that Shay was able to not only support you, not only be very direct and kicking your butt into high gear saying that I know we're sad. I know we're mad. I know the emotions are everywhere, but are you going to fight? Yep. So for us who are actually would be on the support side. That is something that I think that we have to make sure that we are uh, very keen into is that not being rude and disrespectful, but understanding that we do have to put ownership where it needs to be. Uh, exactly. And not think that we have to come in and swoop up and be a hero. So that's what I'm taking from it is that I don't have to play the hero role. No, you do not. But I do have to play more of a backbone role, exactly. role to your you know, to your mentality of, of, of actually making it through it. So, uh, so I love that. I love that, you know, that you and Shay was able to uh, kind of, you know, do that part. Um, so now, now we walk from faith and got friends, right? Mm -hmm. God has done his thing. You know, we're happy. We're praising the Lord. Everything's good. So now Ms. Jolinda now has more purpose <laughs> that you didn't know nothing about that was going to happen. Uh, so from the beginning, we had we got introduced to God before it even hit. Uh, when I see that God actually starts to prepare us before we take the hit, because sometimes we take a hit and then God enters into that, but then sometimes God prepares us before it. I always look at that as purpose. So I look and say that I have a little bit more than just completing this task. There's something on the other side, which are other people. Uh, yeah. I think everything that we go through is attached to someone else's healing encouragement, hope, whatever. Uh, and your case was literally no different. So uh, talk to us about going from a survivor now to a facilitator and, okay. and, and really tell the people like, really, what is that facilitator piece? 
and what have you now created under that? Okay. So while I was going through cancer and I received chemo through the summer, and if you know anything about Texas, it gets really It does. And I refused to wear a wig. <laughs> no. So I was very skillful in my 20s doing head wraps. I just liked it. Okay. I love things that are rappy, even with clothes, rappy, you could be creative. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. I would wear head wraps when I went to chemo, uh, which is one thing that my mom taught me. Don't ever leave the house looking a mess. Right. And Don't even going through cancer, when I saw women were sitting next to each other receiving chemo, I could already tell that they had somewhat given up because of their type. They had on, they didn't take pride into what right. they, they didn't value themselves enough to right. fix themselves up a little bit. I mean, a little bit, like put a lipstick on or, or something. Do something. They, they, <laughs> right. They, they, nothing. Just it was like they were out of there. Um, so I started wearing head wraps, and I thought about you know really because I really wanted to emulate mom because she still remained classy. Had I mean her Always. face beautiful, even going through the cancer, which blew my mind. She did not portray victimhood. Yeah. She always was a victor. Right. Even going through. Right. That is the lesson that she taught me even before. I mean, we didn't know. She died five years before. Right. I was dying. I, I was diagnosed five years after she passed. She passed away, yeah. And all that came running back to me. And I began to emulate my mother. The Lord was like, do exactly what she did, not be a victim. Right. And those first five things you had me to, that could be one of them. Don't be yeah. a victim. Yeah, don't be a victim. Uh, like so anyway, I, I would wear, you know, I wanted to, I, I was going to really dress up, like wear heels and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought, like, Jelena, you might, your equilibrium might be off with this. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Because you might trip. But, um, so I, I I got rid of the heels, but I I was cute, and so my head wraps were already all, all always color coordinated. Yeah. And it took notice of some staff members, and they approached me, mm -hmm. and uh, they said, "We what? what they, well, they thought I bought it somewhere." I said, "No, I just tie you know things around my head." And they were very colorful, which is why I think it attracted so many people. And uh, to make a long story short, I end up becoming a facilitator for, at the time, American Cancer Society, who had partnered with Look Good, Feel Better program. Since okay. then, they have, they have split. So now Look Good, Feel Better program is its own entity. entity. Okay. I, I, I served as a facilitator for them for five years. And I went through training while I was still receiving chemo. So purpose had already started, started yep. in the midst of the journey. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm not one to really, you know, I don't gravitate to speaking engagements and you know I, I'm a background person. Yeah. But 
the Lord slowly began to, you know, evolve, help me to evolve into speaking and, you know, doing some training for cancer patients, just to let them know how to navigate and, you know, the external changes that may occur, how to, uh, you know, not be so uh, fearful of it, but embrace it. Yeah. I like, um, so on this show, so the purpose of what I do is um, we deal with a value, identity, and purpose. And I think that value and identity are um, two of the main components to actually being able to fulfill your purpose. Um, I think that we mark ourselves under, we put so much pressure on ourselves to hold these identities based on A, B, and C. Uh, Mm -hmm. Women are always talked about, uh, always told or or, uh, given information or praise about their hair. So then when you lose your hair, that was based on your identity. And so then, like, kind of like you said, so, of course, if I don't have any hair, then there's no way, there's no way that I can be attractive because I need hair because I'm a woman. And, you know, once you get older, you find out that, that people who are really attractive it's not even about an external thing at all. <laughs> it's literally about kindness, consistency. Your internal, yeah, your internal. It's all stuff that has to actually come from an internal piece. So consistency, trustworthy, yeah. loyalty, uh, kindness, respectful. So that is the value. And that's why I like what you're doing is that you're creating a space to where if you put some lipstick on and you put on some eyelashes and all of that stuff, you can still be fly. Like you don't have to, you don't have to let cancer dictate the way that you're going to present yourself to the world. It doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to define you. And I like, I like that part of what you do uh, because I am a strong believer that value and identity Yes. Uh, because everybody has a purpose. Those ladies who are any woman that is going through breast cancer or men that are going there's purpose at the end and the devil wants to tear your value of yourself because cancer hits you hard on your value. I must not be valuable if I had this type of disease or I had this affliction. So which weighs heavy on your identity because it's like now people are going to look at me as this. Mm -hmm. So now I'm a breast cancer this, or I'm a lung cancer that, and people don't like those type of labels because naturally they just sound like a drag and we're missing the point that go ahead I was gonna say say we just missed the point that we all have stories of stuff that we went through and I promise you that God has about 20 30 or maybe just one person that your life that you endured is gonna bless and help them get through uh, their life Uh, so I think that helping Beautification, I think, for women, it was a big deal, and I think that those mm-hmm. head wraps help help bring up that that uh <laughs> that self esteem. Yeah. Now you're not focusing on this. I'm gonna tell so, you a story since you said that. So I was um, I don't. Well, I still go to my clinic, of course, because I still get checked annually. Um. So, and I knew basically all the staff, <laughs> all the staff. <laughs> I um, made a lot of friends because one of the th- first things that I, and I think it, it was it was a setup because the first time I had chemo, my first day, it was a 14 hour day. 
because it started with something else, not just chemo. I didn't take chemo for 14 hours. Let me make that clear. But it was a 14 hour day because I had to go to the hospital. They had to put my cord in and the same day I had to get chemo. So it was a very, very long day. I sat next to a, this young girl, 24 years old, had um, colon cancer and my heart just broke. And not that I wasn't fighting for my life, but she was really fighting right. for her life. Yeah. And I decided then that I would not complain about my journey. And I had decided to smile yeah. through the whole thing. Um, and uh, she, she ended up passing away. And, and, my, and my heart was broke because she was very, very young. Yeah. Uh, and, but that, that just helped shift my perspective. Because if I was getting ready to complain, the Lord, the Lord stopped, <laughs> thank God. And I just refused to, uh, I refused to complain. But let me go back to my story. Um, I, they, they grabbed me. They said, Jolinda, Jolinda, this lady is having a bad day. Um, could you do something for her? And at the time I would keep um, t-shirts in, my, in the back of my truck. And yes, I do head wraps with t-shirts. Uh, that's, that's, we'll, we'll have to do that. Uh, <laughs> show some demonstrations. I know they were like, This encapsulated I think my whole, the reason why I went, it was the words that she said. So I was like, okay, what kind of hair do she has? And I'm, I'm color coordinated, so I'm looking at her outfit and I'm trying to show a, a scarf, you know, with best color she had on. And so I found so I did it. Put this little hair wrap on her and she began to cry. And she looked at me. And she said these words. Now I don't. She said, now what? Now I don't look sick. Profound. Few little words. Just, just that quick, a switch, switch, a switch change in the mind. Just, just from adding a small. I mean, I could do a head wrap like five seconds and in that 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 blows my mind every time I tell that story because yeah. her perspective shifted in like two seconds yeah and the Lord was basically this is what's what I done put in your hand yeah doing things like and I would do that when I would do different classes and say okay do a hair wrap on do a hair wrap on and I would and I would hear stories that that happened you know the, I, I would lose their whole countenance change yeah. in a bit of that. that was so so and it, it is still and I keep those stories in my in my mind because you just never know God can use anything to change yeah. You have to do the, the preached word and you know it doesn't have to be in that setting is what I'm trying to say. Don't 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 get me wrong. Right. It doesn't have to be in that setting. Right. God can move in any setting with a yielded vessel. Yep. Yielding I agree. to him. And he is the one that manifests. Of course it's not me. 
but he's using my gift yep. to shift perspective from yeah. hope, I mean, from fear to hope. Yep, just that quick too. Um, I think that... I think that that's probably one of the biggest things for like witness, you know, uh, being a witness of Christ. Um, and so many people struggle with being a witness because they feel that whatever the outcome is from the other person is based on them. And it's not, you're just a tool. You're just, you're just a, a t- Listen, if that lady would have never even said anything, right. God just told you to just do it. So you, if she didn't give you anything at that moment, she probably would have got home and did it to herself or whatever the case is just that if you do it, you will always receive change. And that's why the salt of the earth, like we're the light of the earth. I mean, those are those type of things that, and we can't take our illness, our sickness and think that we're still out of the woodwork. See, that's what I take away from your story is that this stuff was going on. This stuff was going on. Why you, you're, you're literally battling and fighting. God is like, yo, I'm ministering. <laughs> well, because God is looking at you as if, yo, I got you already. Right. Like I got you. So you yeah. might as well just start helping these other folks because right. your life is covered. You're done. I got you. Yeah. you yeah. Your, your ending is coming. And whether I got you at one year or nine years, you have an ending that I got for you. So go get to work and get some more people. Because what it does is that if I'm sick and you're sick, and you're, you're, I'm down here and your content is up here. I'm thinking like, well, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Right, right. Now your door is open, right? That's the door is open. And all you got to do, like you said, would be a willing vessel, an operation to be able to actually help people out. So, so we have the scars. And then I noticed that um, you also got into the wigs with, um, which is another piece of beautification, which I think the scars do one thing, but then that hair, like I said, is that it bring that it bring that flavor back, <laughs> and you can mix it up. So you can't even got to look the same now. Where you know you had to pay money to get your hair done every week. Now you just I'm blonde today. I'm short. I got a bob. I got a wrap. I got a yeah. afro. You know what I'm saying? Like it changes up the game. And women actually, and for whatever reason, wigs up now become very popular, not even with people who really need them. Exactly. <laughs> it's like popular with people you don't even need it. Right. But because it allows you to change the your the way that you look to fit how you feel for the day. Yeah. People who don't even need it, they use them. So I can just imagine what it does for someone who needs it. Right. And they're able to Man, I wish I could have a short haircut. I don't have any hair. Oh, snap. I got a wig that's this length. I can wear this and still fulfill both things for me. So talk about a little bit about the the wig piece. Uh, and then uh, and then kind of wrap us into that continuous beauty. I, like I told you, I saw it on there. And I know that's something that's in the future, but just kind of give us a little a little teaser. You don't have to go detail, but just a little teaser of what it is. Sure, sure. So the wig came into play because I knew uh, my time being a hairstylist was coming to an end and I didn't know. And the nonprofit was already established, which is where I would, you know, uh, have my classes, established my classes as it relates to scarf tying and makeup and all the, the beauty tips and all that stuff. That was the, the nonprofit was established for that purpose. Um, 
the wig piece came in, like I said before, I'm you know, ready to retire. At the time, I was uh, getting ready to retire. And uh, you know, asking the Lord, like, what next? What is next? And I, I refer to God as the master strategist. Yeah. Because that, when I look at my life, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. You don't know that something, you know, 10 years ago related to something now. Right. You know, um, I had a client who had developed it and it got into my And we had to, and, and, and at the time I was doing in, weave installs. And we had to shave her hair. So now she has, so she was like, doing it. I'm like, huh? <laughs> now this is before, I was like, uh, you passed about 10 stores. Right. You say, you know, they got them already. <laughs> I'll go with you to choose one. Right. And we can go from there. And she just, she was so adamant. She was so adamant. She said, You're going to make me a woman. I said, I don't even know how to do it. She said, Oh, you're, you're, you're. She's like, Figure it out. <laughs> Just figure it out. I actually had her I put this little cap on and I sewed because I did style. And so I sewed up. And so she got out of She said, I want another one. And I'm not going to. You're gonna make it at your home, and I'm just gonna go. Yeah. I was like, huh? I said, there's a disc. How do I make this go here, and it's gonna fit your head? I don't know what I'm. She said, I don't care how long. Right. How long it takes? It. It took me six months to do that wig because I had the star pole head. I mean, she had bought the hair. And I would just come in work and I'm just staring at <laughs> for like an hour. And then I would come in because I didn't know what I was doing. So I, then I just, because she called me. This was after three months. She called me and she said, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I started, I'm like, uh, no. Uh, she said, okay. I'll wait. I see you. So I said, okay, Julie. So I started video. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I just did it. And when I presented it to her, she went. Then it was disbelief. <laughs> after, after she then pushed you. <laughs> and provoked you. <laughs> right. She then provoked you and pushed you. And now she's talking about she, um, I said, yeah. She put it, it fit perfect. I, I was blown away because I was like, Jesus, I have no idea what I'm doing, but okay. Well, after that, the Lord kind of pushed me, okay, find a maker. And uh, I found one. And this one, I said, because I told the Lord, I said, if I'm going to make a wig, I'm going to make the ones that look like the real deal. Yeah. That's what I want to do. And I searched her out. Her name is Marquetta Breslin. Shout out to her. Know if she's listening, but shout out to her. I love her. Uh, she has been a blessing. I've been training with her yeah. for the last two and a half, almost three years. That's and uh, so it is a new venture. 
uh, it is added to my website. It's a new venture, so I'm not like I do a few little things with with the wig thing as it relates to ventilating. That's the correct term. Yeah. After I retire this year, then it will be full fledged uh, custom custom pieces. Custom oh. Mm-hmm. oh, see, and that's what I'm talking about. See, and that's the thing. Like this story is literally. Um, it's like gotten better and better. It's like God is because God literally had a real purpose at the end of this. Um, I mean, it was such a sad situation in the beginning, and then it turned out that uh, you kind of needed all of that to understand this piece of it. Um, even the push from the woman who would never let you just, and that was just, and to me, that's pretty profound that um, that she would literally just be, you know, uh, relentless at forcing you to actually do something outside of your comfort zone. Um, and I think that that's where most of the time we get stuck is that if you get comfortable, because uh, I'm living, right? I'm comfortable. Yeah. I, got, I got enough. And so, and God has literally has never been in enough. Like he's never, he's never set up camp in enough. It's always been where you're <laughs> actually being pushed and feeling uncomfortable, like every story in the Bible is based around the person he's sending to do something, feeling uneasy about it. So I'm, I'm always nervous when somebody is confident <laughs> <laughs> about something that God has for them. Mm-hmm. Like so when you come to me like, yeah, God told me to do A, B, and C. And I'm like, that's pretty confident because most of the time that when people, when God is telling people to do stuff, normally there's a lot more hesitation and then the hesitation is not because you're scared or anything. The hesitation is because God told me to do this and I don't want to bring myself into it and mess it up, which shows humility. Like normally you have those hesitant pieces because it's just humility that says that I'm not even worthy to do this for God. Yeah, and you qualify yourself. I mean, I went through all of them. Don't yeah, think I what, Yeah, don't I, think I yeah. Right. What I'm saying is that that mentality is the right mentality. You should be oh questioning. You should okay. be questioning your qualification. You shouldn't be walking around talking about some I'm qualified. You know. Oh, okay, I got I got what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like so that process that you did was actually proper process. People who I see you running to do these type and you're qualifying yourself. Oh man, I tore it up yesterday. I did I, be easy because basically we should, you just got to be easy because that takes you into a different, that can take you into a prideful situation. Uh, and it takes the ownership off the one who actually gave you the purpose. Like, and I like that you've always kept the purpose on Christ, even though you are going to have to get out and, and, and share the information. Um, and, and I know you probably heard it a million times and I'm not, on here talking about I'm a prophet or not. Don't don't take this like that. And anybody who watching, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that um I know that God always needs people who have been very successful at going through processes that he put them through to share that information. Exactly. Uh, which means that you you did all the stuff that normal natural human beings did and still came out on top serving and loving God. And like I said, the key thing is that you did do and have the same thoughts as everybody else. It's just that you govern them under God's scriptures, his love, his, his peace. And that allowed you to be able to move further and quicker ahead of this 
than most people based on not you, but being able to give that over to God. So I love. Um, and I you, forgot. To add, uh, I'm sorry. I cut you off again. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. You're about I, to talk. I, I, the, uh, the continuous beauty. I forgot to. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to wrap it right. I was literally about oh, to say it right there. Yeah, I was going to bring it right back to the continuous beauty because uh, because you mentioned it being more like a coaching or a program that's set up. So I do. I wasn't going to let you leave without really talking about that, because I think that that is something that other people who actually even promote the way you do around this should look at that, because I think that mentoring, coaching, support somebody who can sit with you walk with you talk to you i think these things are really big so just give us a bit on that because i really want to spend at least a good 15 minutes on your purpose and the drive from the nonprofit. so uh, go ahead just tell us about that continuous beauty okay so continuous beauty uh was birth this whole business was birthed out of my journey uh, but the continuous beauty came into play at the time when American Cancer Society and You Would Feel Better uh, went their separate ways. And that's when the Lord dropped in my spirit, okay, you're going to write a program for... Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, it was very short-lived because I implemented that last year. Mm -hmm. And this year, thinking I'm getting ready to you know, do that again, and then here comes the pandemic. So now I'm having to revamp <laughs> everything. Yeah. But continuous beauty will probably roll out sometime next year. It is and will be a coaching, you could say mentoring program yeah. for cancer patients, just to, to walk alongside you while you're going. And let me tell you the the definition of continuous beauty. Very, very okay. simple. It means beauty redefined. Nice. That's it. Like that. When you go through cancer right. and all of these external changes begin to happen. Yeah. Loss of hair which is typical. Yeah. I didn't know you lose all hair, eyebrows everywhere. I didn't, you know, they focus on the head. But I don't know, you know, if you have a mustache, no, no mustache. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no hair on your legs. I'll be just. <laughs> you have to redefine yeah. what beauty means. Yeah, I like that. Because all of the external changes that we as women probably put a lot of stock in. Yeah. Now gone. So now, who are you? Right. Really? Yeah. Who are you really? So yeah. beauty redefined because beauty in our 20s don't mean the same That's as yeah. your 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah. It changes. That's why it's continuous beauty. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Evolving. Our beauty keeps evolving. So that will roll out sometime next year when the Lord finish giving me what it all entails. Yeah. I like that. Um, I think that that's always so important that people have something. Uh, and this is why I said that I know you've been in the background so long, uh, or you prefer, I won't say long, but you prefer to be in the background, but, um, the platform for it, I know there's a lot of people that actually talk around this subject. Uh, but I think that you can always add more 
because everybody's journey is different. And so I think the more people you have on a journey, like I would love to have uh, me personally, I would love to put together a platform and then have like nine or eight, eight, uh, eight different ladies uh, with the same breast cancer, not even different one, but, and then hear nine different stories. That would be awesome. Uh, Because that would be awesome to be able to hear the mentality behind the way you thought about the process. Um, and then not just all Christians, but I want, I want to play, I would love the platform to really sound very diverse in the thought process because we're trying to change relatable, but you, you're really in the business of changing people's thought pattern, their perspective of it. So I think that if you add this flavor of different ladies, uh, different backgrounds, cultures, ethnicities, I mean, all this stuff, I think that you get so much wealth of knowledge and information to provide to other women who are going through it. And like I said, even if you're a support staff member, <laughs> right, which means that you're like, and I say a member because you could be either a blood relative or uh, someone who doesn't have any family and you're a friend of a lifetime and you're there to help support. I think that it will be great for a place to where we could listen in and hear that so that if we ever encounter that, that we actually that we're, we're calm about it. Like, we, you know, we're going to have a high, but then we actually have something that we can fall back on to say, okay, we got crazy. But remember when we were at, when we heard that, let's start down this, let's start down our, our, our list of what we want to do to get ourselves in the mindset so that we can beat the sucker and kick his butt. Uh, so I do like that. Um, so listen, we've been talking, man, this show's supposed to be one hour, but it's been so good that... <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track of time. I, listen, I just looked at my phone. I just looked at my phone. And I was like, "Listen, we on here talking, but this is really good." And um, and I don't, I don't mind that it uh, it went a little bit longer. Uh, and I really just hope that everybody shares this and share it and share it and share it because I'm telling you, you may not need it, but I'm telling you, there is someone on your timeline that is dealing or is helping someone deal with some type of affliction. Like I said, this message is about breast cancer, but this, the encouragement and the hope that came out of this applies to anyone with that's helping or going through any affliction. So please, like I said before, make sure you guys share this. Okay, so check this out. Tell us about your, um, you had a little campaign going on. Tell the people about that because uh, yes, we do want to raise money. Uh, uh, duh. <laughs> Uh, duh, this this is breast cancer and it's breast cancer month. We're yes. raising money. Okay. So yes. tell them about your campaign and then we want to put out what we need, how much we need and see if we can, you know, get people to give, uh, to help us out here. Sure. So the name of the campaign is called the 50, 50, 50 campaign. The first 50 means that this year I actually turned 50 years old. I know I don't look it. Our family has (laughs) (laughs) really, really good genes. (laughs) (laughs) The second 50 is I want to add value to um, at least 50 women. And the way I do that represents the third 50, which is asking people to donate at least $50. Now you can donate whatever, but we're asking, um, you know, you to donate $50. And like I said, it's going for, the purchase of wigs. These are specifically women that uh, are really in need 
uh, they don't necessarily have uh, insurance or their insurance won't provide assistance. Okay. Yeah. Or they don't have insurance at all. So I want to, and that kind of, you know, uh, moves into my nonprofit side because I still want to be guilty of, um, you know, giving back to people that are really, really in need. So that is what the 50-50-50 campaign is all about. I am almost at my goal. My goal was 5,000 and I am $1,000 away. And I would love if you join the mission and I will be you know, showcasing that on social media. And I will put this little disclaimer. I'm still learning that whole social media space. <laughs> so, Listen, I just, know you- uh, bear with me. <laughs> you make me post <laughs> consistently and then you might see a, a, a dryness, but I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. So just bear with me. But yes, I will yeah. be showing you all behind the scenes that, that whole process. Okay, so this is what I just did, guys and ladies, right? So I took, I put, um, I put the um, the website address inside of the comment section down there. Uh, it's nonprofit. Uh, basically, you can hit the uh, website link, go right in there. She's at a thousand dollars. That's all she needs. That's like twenty people giving fifty bucks, like she said. So my thing is this. This weekend, let's just kind of help close this out. Um, I know I'm sure a lot of people have given um, already, uh, and that's a blessing. If you can give some more, that will be awesome as well. But uh, if you are a person that uh, that has a heart uh, to give, uh, that has a heart for people, to see people uh, just happy, literally, just this yeah. is just to make someone's day. Uh, this is literally going to uh, an awesome cause, uh, the Manology Project, has a totally partnering up with um, uh, with Jolinda on her nonprofit uh, Scars by Jay Colini. <laughs> yeah, baby, Colini. So Jay Colini is the uh, the company, or basically the name that pushes those scarves and those. That's the parent company for those scarves and the wigs. And so what we want to do is we want to go ahead and close this out by making sure that we support. Yes. Um, because I think it's a big thing that we look out for our ladies. I'm asking literally that 20 people. I want my fellas. I want guy. I want you guys to give, give that 50 bucks. It's our job as men to protect our ladies. It's our job to uplift our ladies. It's our job to actually shine, uh, provide compliments, uh, safety and all that stuff. So I'm asking that these last 20 people, if it could be yes. all fellas, knock it out it's 50 bucks take it to the next level and and then um and then and help my cousin out here uh she's doing this uh she's not a multimillionaire. this is all purpose driven god given um and donations at this point are always needed uh but basically they're to help people so let's just do that so my thing is i gotta close it out because we've been we've been kicking it on here for a minute uh check this out uh, I got all the links inside of the comment section, how you guys can catch up with Jolinda. Uh, she's on Facebook. She's on Instagram. Uh, let's pull her out of her shell so that she'll get more on social media. So check this out. If you have any questions, comments, um, or anything, but a lot of comments, if you are in a position where you are a caregiver to someone who is uh, uh, right now in the fight of cancer, please leave a comment. I'll, we, I'll get it to her. 
Uh, she'll get back with you and, and, and converse with you to help you if you need to get a better understanding on how to be a proper caregiver uh, for someone like that. Uh, and I'm telling you, please drop the comment in there. Let's get some dialogue around this uh, because it's really needed uh, to have that type of support. And we have to be the support for each other. Um, what else? I think that's all I got. I'm amped. I'm pumped. This is a great conversation. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I'm good. That's it? Sweet. Yeah. So what I'm going to tell you is that we'll have uh, Delinda back on, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to have her on every October. So just know that uh, because we're going to help her push these campaigns during that time. But any campaign that she has, I'm going to have her on the show and we're going to be, uh, we're going to definitely be a, a full support to help her raise those funds to be able to help these ladies uh, become beautiful, to uh, respect themselves more, have value and all that stuff. So this is your boy, Quentin, and we are out. Peace out. Be true, be real, all bad.